Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Baylife Church Port Stevens. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian walk. For more information, visit www.baylifechurch.org.au. Thanks, Chris. Got marginal light here. Oh, yeah, I can see. Um, wow, it's, it does seem like we're getting busier. I, I don't know about you. It seems like this next week or two is, is like the perfect storm of business in this church. When we originally planned the calendar, it was like there wasn't that much on, and uh, and now you look at everything on that on the announcements there this morning. We've got um, uh, well. Next Saturday night, the important thing, of course, is, is the men's go-karting. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the main thing I wanted to bring out this morning. But, um, but we've got other stuff. You know, we've got uh, baby dedications on the Sunday morning after. We've got uh, Bailoff Central on that Sunday morning as well. We've got... This didn't even get the announcements. We've actually got Guriel Ali. Now, he's a great singer-songwriter. He's got a great testimony. Uh, a Muslim who got converted to Christianity and... He asked if he could sing a few songs here on, on the Sunday morning, and I went, you can preach. Like, uh, you know, you can do the whole thing. So, so he, he's doing song, uh, singing, testimony, preaching uh, next Sunday morning here, and, and he's, he's a great guy. And uh, we've got the Liberty Night on the Sunday night here at, at six, oh, 5.30, 6 o'clock, got soup here before. And this is for all the churches around the place. So it's, it's for, if you want to... Uh, an Anglican word, ecumenical uh, service. and uh, uh, But, you know, I'd love to see as many of you here that can get here. We're having soup beforehand. The girls are organising some soup, and uh, if you can bring some soup if you like to. More than just a can, by the way, but uh, be helpful. Um, but, uh, you know, we're doing... You know, I just love seeing what Liberty for Nations is doing, and he's doing it night here to explain a little bit of what he's doing and what we're involved in. And uh, we'll have our own missions team leading the worship on the night. We'll have Guriel Ali doing it, doing a few songs as well. So, so it should be a great thing. What else has come out? The girls' night's coming up on the Tuesday night. After that, on, on, uh, here at the church, they've got a special night organised as well. And I'm sure I've left lots out, but there's, there's lots going on. So check your bulletin, check the state of our... Oh, and then you add in the sport. My goodness. It's a, a sporting smorgasbord at the moment, isn't it? It's just crazy. Soccer, state of origin, the rugby last night, the heck, hockey, hockey, of course. Do you actually watch hockey? I don't, I don't, I like to hear that we win, but I don't really watch it. So, uh, anyway, some sleepless nights coming. And, and I think, I don't know about you, I've just had a busy week as well. And, uh, and I prepared this on Thursday, and what sounded good at the computer screen on Thursday doesn't always look so good on Sunday morning when I read through to go, oh, did I actually do that? And uh, just had a bit busy time to, uh, to, to preempt this. So I'm going to pray for this message because it needs lots of prayer here this morning. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word, God. I, I pray that you keep it sharp, and, uh, and Lord, that, that we, we want to be changed, God. We don't want to walk away from this place unchanged. We want to be transformed into the image of you, Lord, and... Uh, and be more like you, a living sacrifice, Father, the word says. So, so this morning, Father, I pray this, this word does do that in us and work through us in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're doing a, a series called The Lost Virtues. 
And this morning, we're looking at loyalty. And I really like loyalty. And, uh, um, you know, we're looking at this through 1, 2 Peter. Um, basically, uh, you know, we, we started a few, well, probably a month or more ago, looking at 2 Peter 1 about the promises of God. But I just wanted to bring you back to this just quickly. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and for godliness. Life and for godliness. And I, I think it's really important we understand what God's power is for. It's for our, to be more like God and it's also for our lives. You know, and and uh, through our knowledge of him, he called us by his own glory and goodness, virtue. Through these, he's given us every uh, very great and precious promises so that through them we may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world. And then that led on to this verse 5 that we're looking at for this particular series. 2 Peter 1, verse 5, and, and it's the whole section there down to verse 8. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness or good character or virtue. Because you add to the goodness, knowledge, knowledge, self-control, self-control, perseverance, perseverance, godliness, godliness, mutual affection, mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, you'll keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of your Lord Jesus Christ. Add to your faith virtue. And that's what we're looking here in this series, the, the lost virtues. You know, the things that don't seem quite as important these days as maybe God would want them to be or maybe they've been in the past. And, and we're looking at, we've looked at honour, we've looked at gratitude, we're going to look at purity and integrity and this morning we're looking at loyalty. And, and you know what, for me, loyalty is a big deal. I just think it is. And I don't know it is for you, but for me, I just think it's a really big deal. And it almost seems like it's being diminished these days. You know, there's less of it as a consideration. You know, I remember when I was growing up, um, my dad was in business and often he would do handshake deals with people. And that was just showing great integrity. And that was as far as it would always come through. You know, um, uh, you know often you'd have friends that just really stuck with you in, in the tough times. Uh, it's seen in our work environments, I think, you know, um, uh, and in our, when I was growing up, it was a good thing to work for one or, two, you know, not many employers over your lifetime. You know, it was, it was actually seen as a good thing. Today, it's seen like as a negative thing. You go, well, you haven't got enough experience, you've only worked for one or two employers, and you go, How does, that doesn't make sense, you know, and, and, and people are very proud of the fact they work for lots of different people. You go, well, I don't know, I don't seem, it doesn't seem to make sense to me, you know, and, and often it's about um, trying to get up the corporate ladder and, and getting a better job and more money and, and jumping around all the place, but instead of slowly building on, on firm foundations, it's like the quick fix, the shortcut, and, uh, <clears throat> and truly I can't really see that sort of stance building the good character, the good virtue that God wants in us, you know, and... Uh, <clears throat> Excuse me. And now, of course, you could say, well, it's also the employers as well. And, and I know it is. You know, and, and often they're so cutthroat with their employees and they, they employ on short, short-term contracts and, and basically take advantage of people and dismiss them when, when the, they don't, you know, just get rid of them like an inconvenience and, and, uh, um, and can justify actions by claiming fiscal responsibility, to satisfy shareholders, all those sorts of things. And I understand that, and that can affect the way we think about loyalty. It can affect the way we consider that, or disloyalty, if you like. 
And we end up with this mindset that no one is ever going to take advantage of me again. Do you see how that can happen? In the process, you can end up with going, I'm never going to trust anyone again. I'm never going to give my loyalty to a company or to a firm again because of what's happened in my past. And that can happen so much in relationships, uh, in life. And, uh, and I just think it's not that helpful. Here's the thing. In life, in, in our Christian walk, we can't control actions of others, but we can control our own actions and responses. And, and part of this, this series is how we outwork those lost virtues that we're, we're talking about, and particularly this, this character trait, this good character, this, this virtue of loyalty this morning, because the Bible has a lot to say about that. You know, it, it, over these... Because I, I take a fair while to prepare these series, and, and so... Uh, at one stage, I was sort of asking people, I had my list of virtues I thought were good, and, and I said, yeah, which one of these do you think is, is a good, you know, the most important one? And loyalty was right up the top, can I tell you? Um, and, and, you know, which one do you think is the most lost in today's environment? And loyalty, again, was right up the top there. Um, and this morning, I want to take the same survey, but, but I want to start with this. How many would agree that in our society, loyalty is a significant problem. Just just put up your hand so I can just see if I'm, I'm on track with this or not. Just put up your hand so I can see it. Yeah, okay, so a fairly good majority. Um, now, let me ask you this. I want you to be honest with, with this as well. Um, how many of you would say, for the most part, you're a pretty loyal person? Just put up your hand, just so I can get a, an indication of how... Okay, so, so again, it's a, a majority. Um, See, see, here lies the problem in a message like this. Here's the tension. I talk a lot in leadership about tension to the team. We all say that disloyalty is a problem, and yet basically we are all basically or majority loyal people. We see ourselves as loyal. And the issue is um, there must be a lot of other churches around the place full of disloyal people if we've got all the loyal ones here. And, and, you know, and, and it's, 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 you know, we basically are, we want to be loyal, don't we? That, that's what it comes down to. We all want to be loyal in our lives. We want to be seen as loyal. And, and here's my first point this morning. So if you're taking notes, you can write this down. I've got a screen for it. This loyalty is difficult to see in the mirror. This loyalty is difficult to see in the mirror. It's difficult for us to see that in ourselves. And, and I've said this before and I'll say it again. We judge ourselves by our intentions. We judge others by their actions. We let ourselves off the hook because we judge ourselves by our intentions. Yeah, but my intentions were good. I didn't mean to hurt you. I didn't mean to be, be disloyal. I didn't mean not to do that. I actually meant to do it. But when someone else does it, we judge them on their actions. And, and quite harshly sometimes. And you might say, I'm loyal to you, but only if you ever deserve it. Only if you never push me too far. I'll be loyal to you, but only if you deserve my loyalty. And, and, and if you're not loyal to me, well, look out, because loyalty is a big deal to me. And it's just difficult for us to see disloyalty in the mirror, in ourselves. In the New Testament, there's a guy that we're looking at here this morning who, who claimed loyalty to Jesus above all else. He's a guy by the name of Peter. 
And over and over again, he said, Jesus, I've got your back. I'm with you. I'm on the team. If everyone else drops out, I'm going to be with you. I'll never leave you. You know, I'm going to hang in there with you. I'm, I'm the loyal guy. And, uh, and we're going to have a look at the story of Matthew 26. Uh, we'll start at verse 33. Because one time Peter replied to Jesus. And he said this, Even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. I never will. I tell you the truth, Jesus answered, this very night before the rooster crows, you'll disown me three times. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I'll never disown you. I'll never disown you. (laughs) Even if all these people fall away, I'll never disown you. I never will. I'm completely loyal to you. You see, I don't know if you get that, but, but if you know the rest of the story, even before the evening over, was over, three different people came up to Peter and, uh, uh, and said, you know, weren't you with this Jesus guy? Weren't you hanging with him? Even a little servant girl, he said, no, no, it wasn't me. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know who he is. I don't, I don't get it. Three different people. And, and then the, 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 roast, the rooster crowed after the third time. And, and if you, it doesn't say it in the Bible, but I can imagine how Peter went, oh, no, oh, no. I've let him down. I said I'd be loyal and I wasn't loyal. And the Bible says in in verse uh, 75 actually, he went outside and wept bitterly. When he got that revelation of disloyalty, he went outside and wept bitterly. And, And here's the next point I want to say to you this morning that we need to understand this. True loyalty is proven, not pronounced. So easy to say we're loyal. It's actually in how we outwork that loyalty. Proverbs uh, 20, verse 6 in the New Living Translation. Many will say they are loyal friends, but who can find one who is truly reliable? You know, we have to learn as followers of Jesus, not just to talk the talk, but to walk the walk. You know, loyalty, the, the word loyalty, the, the, the um, uh, Greek word is to wholly trust or believe in, to be permanent, unwavering, faithful. You know, and, and there's so many examples of, of loyalty in the Bible. So many, you know, you could look at Daniel and his friends. You could look at Joseph, the way he ended up treating his dad and his brothers, how, how loyal he was to them. You could look at David and Jonathan, the relationship they had. There's so many fantastic examples of that. But I want to use one that maybe you weren't quite as familiar with. And, uh, and, and it's loyalty between a soldier, a foreigner, a commander, and the king, King David. And, and I want to give you some quick context for this uh, before I get into the scripture itself. Um, King David had a son. His name was Absalom. He was the third son. His son committed this horrible crime and, and murdered a guy who was actually his stepbrother. And he was on, his, on the run for his life. He was very afraid. But King David was faithful to him. He, he got him back in the kingdom. And, uh, you know, he, he wanted to forgive him and he, he did. And about four years later, Absalom returned with a, this army he put together to overthrow his father's throne. And um, uh, so D- King David had to run. You know, he wasn't prepared for it, and so he ran. And, uh, and this guy by the name of Ittai, Ittai showed up on the scene. He was basically a mercenary. Um, uh, he was a hired guy who was a commander of 600 men. And, uh, and, and he had really had nothing to gain by, by staying with King David. But he volunteered to fight on his behalf. And this is where we're going to start the story. It's 2 Samuel 
15, verses 19 to 21, we're going to look at this morning. Uh, So 2 Samuel 15. The king said to Ittai the Gittite. Now, I don't know about you, but, but some parents just don't think about what they name their kids. Like, seriously, Ittai the Gittite. I don't know, it's just, just a tough name to, to live up with, you know. And anyway, he said to Ittai, why should you come along with us? Go back and stay with King Absalom. You are a foreigner, an exile from your homeland. You came only yesterday. Go back and take your countrymen. May kindness and faithfulness be with you. In other words, here's a free pass. Go, go for it. Get out of here. You, know, you, got, you don't have to fight our battles. You're not involved. You don't have to get injured. Your men don't have to get injured. You can go home. But in verse 21, it says this, But Ittai replied to the king, and watch this loyalty. As surely, so he's, he's, he's pronouncing the loyalty, first of all. As surely as the Lord lives, as my Lord the king lives, wherever my Lord the king may be, whether it means life or death, there will your servant be. There will your servant be. That's verse 21. Not only did he pronounce loyalty, he actually proved it because he hung in there with his 600 men and, and faithfully fought with David. And, and, and eventually King David, when he got back in, in, in the, on the throne, he actually elevated him to, to oversee a third of his army. And, uh, and this guy embraced this virtue of loyalty. He did what he said he was going to do. He did way more than he needed to do. He went beyond what would have been appropriate or even natural and he hung in there, continual loyalty. And, uh, and I just think loyalty is a lost virtue in today's society. Now, this is the part that I seemed like a good idea when I was doing it at my computer on Thursday. And I thought, how can I... See, my, my role, my goal often in preaching is to get change in you, to transformation, to, to bring change. And sometimes the nice messages don't do that. So what I'm doing now is putting on the mask of sarcastic Greg, sarcastic Greg, and I want to show you what it means to uh, opportunity for disloyalty. Okay? And I want to show you some verses out of that. And, uh, and, and the first one that I, I want to show this morning is disloyalty to your spouse, you know. And, and we should ignore what God says about this, you know, and we'll read what he says, but we should ignore this. Malachi 2, verses 15 to 16. Didn't the Lord make you, with, you with, one with your wife? So guard your heart, remain loyal to your wife and your youth, for I hate divorce, says the Lord. To divorce your wife is to overwhelm her with cruelty. So guard your heart. Do not be unfaithful to your wife. So there's the obvious one of, of you know, infidelity and divorce that God's talking about there. But you know what? There's so many other ways we can be disloyal to our spouses. We can put them down in front of other people, both in public and in private. And, and I've seen guys, and I've probably done it myself, you know, that, that think it's really funny sometimes to have a joke at our wives' expenses. Expense. And... Uh, and I know this one particular guy I'm thinking of, he was just brilliant at it. He would just rip off his wife and just kill her, you know, in a joke. And, and you know, the beauty of jokes, he said, oh, I was only joking. I was only joking. Of course, her response is to rip down the husband in front of the kids. And all of a sudden, there's this downward spiral in the relationship. You know? 
That's what disloyalty can bring. You know, here's some other things you can, the ways you can be disloyal with your spouse. Look lustfully at other people. You know, go out for dinner and, uh, you know, it's a good looking waiter or waitress. Think, thank you, Jesus, for hot people. You know, <laughs> thank you for making this night much better because of that. You know, we're Christians. You know, we, we can do that. It's being disloyal. Go look at people in the gym or, or, or a sport, wherever you are. You know, it's being disloyal. You know, maybe you're thinking about an old boyfriend, old girlfriend. Um, maybe there's lustful thoughts there. Maybe, guys, you know, you just take a sneak and look at on the computer every now and then. Think it's not, that's, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Yes, it is. It's disloyalty. You're undermining the trust in your relationship. Disloyal. Opportunities to be disloyal. Ladies, maybe for you, um, I don't know, I, don't, I couldn't really think of one that was, but, but one I was thinking of was maybe the way you dress sometimes, you know? Maybe it, it, it's almost getting attention for yourself, you know, and maybe not covering up as much as you should. And not that we're, you know, we're not Muslims, we don't have to wear the, all the garb and all that sort of stuff, but sometimes it's, it's not appropriate in, in a, you know, the way you dress, you know? And, and, and so maybe you're, you're trying to get more attention that is, than is appropriate. You know, and, and, but ultimate, the ultimate way for disloyalty is this. Ultimately through, um, uh, put anything ahead of your marriage and your family. If you want to be disloyal, put everything else above your marriage and your family. Do whatever it takes. Work, hobby, friends, yard, pursuit of, you know, of uh, material goods, uh, anything above the marriage, and that way you, you'll, you'll build some really good disloyalty in the relationship. Remember, I'm being sarcastic, okay? I'm not working very well, I don't think. But <laughs> Here's another way, an opportunity for, for disloyalty. To your friends. And again, we've got to ignore what God says. Proverbs 17, 17. A friend is always loyal and a brother is born to help in time of need. You know, disloyalty to friends might be, well, you gossip about them. You know, when, when they're not around, just talk about them all the time. And, 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 or just listen to the gossip of, gossip of other people and never disagree with it. You know, maybe a great way to be disloyal is not to love your thre- friends enough to tell them the truth. Maybe you just let it slide. Go, oh, I don't want the hassle. I don't want the conflict. You know, I don't want to hurt their feelings. You know, my, my job's to make them feel good about themselves, not tell them the truth. And, and above all else, don't confront them about anything they're doing wrong. For goodness sake, you know, I, I wouldn't want to do that, you know. And, and I don't love them enough to, to stand and, and, and challenge them on that stuff. You know, disloyalty, disloyalty. You know, and, and next time you have a little conflict, a little bit of an upset, you know, you, you, don't, you don't work through it. You don't forgive them and then go through the process of what Matthew 18 says. Don't do that. Just run. Just get out of there and say, I'm out of here. You're a jerk. I'm, I'm gone. You know, I don't want anything to do with you. That's the easiest way. It's great. It's disloyalty. It's, it's working really well. Another opportunity to, to show disloyalty might be to God's church, the church of Christ, you know. And we can be disloyal really easily that the big, you know, to the church as a whole by talking about other churches, 
or, or about our church, our local church. And there's so many ways, you know, um, you, you just look at the Bible, you know, particularly in the book of Acts. These, these guys, they, they were fanatics. They were fanatics. I mean, why would you want to live your, that, your life that way? You know, we, we, you know and, and we're going to look at that in a minute. And I just think, wow, do they really believe this stuff? They must have really believed this, the, the way they're, they're operating, you know? It wasn't just a little bit of Jesus that you add to your life. It was like, no, no, Jesus is the main thing. It's crazy. Acts 2, verse 42, and we'll look at 44 and 46. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Verse 44, all the believers were together, had nothing in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as they had need, as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. You know, wow, they were Fruit Loops. Man, they were out there. They were, they were over the top, you know, really. Daily commitment, my goodness. You know, we haven't got time for that. We've got a life to live, you know, and, and, and this daily thing, man, that, that's a bit too much, you know. I think, I think that's a bit too much. Well, maybe that's being disloyal to God and to his church. Maybe. You know, maybe another thing might be, well, you know, I just go to church where nothing else is on. You know, we just sort of, when nothing else is in that, that slot, then we'll go to church. Well, I don't know. I, I, you know, but these guys in, in the book of Acts, they must have had it wrong completely, you know. And, and, and the problem is the church is being outworked that. The Australian church, on average goes to church one weekend a month on average. Now, that's across all denominations, of course. But one weekend a month, you know, that, that's fitting church around our life. That's not commitment. To me, that's being disloyal. And if we want to get some opportunities to be disloyal, that's a great way to do it, you know. This is meant to challenge you, by the way. I, I wrote it with that intention in mind. You know, here's another way for disloyalty in church. You know, shop around. Do church shopping. You know, be a consumer of churches. Just just, just check us out and go, you know what? Oh, I don't know. The, the kids' ministry there, I don't know if it's working for me. You know, I, 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 I think we might move on. You know, and don't serve. Don't get involved. Don't, don't, don't just turn up with that consumer mindset of, well, are they, they meeting my needs? It's about me, of course. Are they meeting my needs or, or, oh, you know what, it's not really working for me anymore. You know, I just don't feel the spirit anymore. Being disloyal. So disloyal. The church exists for us. You know, don't, don't be the church. Don't, don't get committed. Don't get too sucked in. Don't, don't throw too much of your life into this because, you know, we've got a life to live and we just add our, our Christianity to that. Now, I hope I haven't brought the, the tone of the place down too much. But I'm telling you, we can be disloyal without even recognising it sometimes. And, and we all want to be loyal. You all put up your hand, majority of you put up your hand saying, I'm a loyal person. Yeah? Well, guess what? Maybe there's some stuff when you look in the mirror, you're not seeing yourself. 
And sometimes we have to examine our lives and go, you know, what is really important? If loyalty is one of those lost virtues that that I think is really important, am I living my life that way? Or am I living by the world's standards? Am I allowing the world to dictate the way I do my life? Or am I allowing Jesus to lead me in this process? Because here's the main point I wanted to make this morning. Disloyalty is born out of a divided heart. Disloyalty is born out of a divided heart. You see, I think we've got great unity in this church. It's so easy for there to be disunity without us addressing stuff, without challenging on stuff, without making you look at yourself, the way you're doing your life. So easy because we can step into that consumer mindset because basically that's the way the world lives. You know, unless we're actually outworking this Christianity, we will slip into the way the world lives and we'll live as a consumerism. We'll, We'll live that way and expect the church to be the same way. And we'll shop around with churches when things, one thing doesn't go right. Someone says something or, or the pastor is sarcastic from the front. There's a great reason to, to get out of here, you know. Seriously, we have to get over ourselves sometimes. We have to go beyond what is natural and normal by the world view. And, and this virtue, this loyalty virtue is such an important one to me. There's so many scriptures in the Bible and as I said, I, I didn't... I thought about doing a really nice message and doing a nice, you know, do a study on on David and Jonathan. But my role, this is the way I see my role, and you may disagree, and that's okay too. But I want to challenge you. I want you to walk out of this place changed, not the same as you walked in. That you want to live your life differently. You've got different goals and different understanding of what the word says, and you start to apply that to your life. So don't just pronounce it, but you actually start to outwork it in your life. Disloyalty is born out of a divided heart. And think about loyalty from God's perspective. He created us. He showed us his love, his intimate, ongoing fellowship. He was so loyal to us while we were still sinners, while we were were still disloyal to him. He loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus to this earth to die for, for our sins Even when we were faithless, disloyal, he remains faithful, loyal to us. You know, and and someone asked Jesus one day, what's the the main thing? What's the big commandment here? And Jesus says, well, it's to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. He wants all our hearts. He wants all of us, like Chris was saying about the offering this morning. He wants all of us, not some of us, not a little bit, not just a segment, not just, yeah, when it's convenient, not when it's... No, he wants all of us, the whole lot, everything. And I know from the world's point of view, you go, that makes no sense at all. But I, I just, I think there's just something in this loyalty thing that you go, you know what? God was loyal to, loyal to me before I even knew him. Even as, you know, speaking badly about God, he still loved me. He, he still wanted the best for me. You know, for you this morning, I don't know where you're at, but I want to read a, a, a scripture out of James, James 4, verses 8 to 9. And uh, I think this is just such a really challenging scripture. So a New Living Translation as well. It says this, Come close to God and God will come close to you. 
Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you've done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. You see, when I get close to God, (laughs) I see how inadequate, how sinful I am. But when I compare it to his goodness, I see how unfaithful I am in that process. And, and, And that has to drive you to your knees. That has to drive you to a point of repentance. We've got to get on our knees before God and go, you know what? I'm sorry, God. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be tears even. Let's get on our face from time to time, you know. And you might be already going, well, I'm already over this, Greg. You know, know, you've gone too far or whatever. But I'm sorry. When I see scriptures like that, when you read scriptures like that, come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. For your loyalty is divided between God and the world. God and the world. And when we get that revelation, when we understand that separation, sometimes the way we've lived our lives, let there be tears for what you've done. Let there be sorrow and grief. Tears, deep repentance. You know, I just don't want to be loyal when it just works for me. I want to be loyal when it's really tough. In the tough times, in the, in the, the, the tough circumstances in life, to hang in there with people, with my spouse, with my family, with, with friends, with the church. I just don't want to do a, a big good time Christian, you know? And the reason I can preach this sort of message, I think, with, with some conviction is, I think we're doing great as a church. We've got so many loyal, amazing people in this church. Amazing people. But, you know, I don't want to take it for granted. And I don't want to let that standard drop. You know, I want to keep lifting that standard because I think that's what Jesus would do. You know, he loves us where we're at, but he loves us so much not to leave us there. He wants to continue to grow each one of us in our walk with God, with our relationships with each other, with our our, our, our walk with each other, our, our loyalty to each other. You know, I I just think it's so important we never take this stuff for granted. You know, that we are a church or a people, first of all, individuals, that just live our lives loyal. Let our yes be yes and our no be no. Let's outwork that every day of our lives within, within our families, with our marriages, with our friends, with, with, you know, with the church, you know. Let, let, let's be a, a church, a people group that, it, that loyalty is distinctive of, not just a byproduct and every, whenever it's convenient. When we say we'll do something, we'll do it. To our detriment sometimes. You know, there's, there's one story some of you have heard quite a few times, but I, I couldn't think of a better story to, to end with this morning. And... I've probably read it at least once a year over the last 12 years, so some people would have heard it 12 times. But tough. Um, be loyal. <laughs> no, no. no. I, I, just, I just love this story. It just re- represents loyalty to me in every, at every level. 
It's about a First World, World War. This soldier and his name's Jim. Can I tell you, I searched for a better story and I couldn't find one. <laughs> well, this is a great story. I'm going to read it again. Even if they don't like it, I'm going to read it again. So Jim is in the trenches in World War I and he saw his friend out in no man's land between his trenches and the enemy trenches. And his friend stumbled and fell in a hail of bullets. And the soldier said to his officer, may I go, sir, and, and bring him in? But the officer refused. No one can live out there, he said. I should, I should only lose you as well. But disobeying the officer, the soldier ran to try and save his friend. For they'd been like brothers throughout the whole war. Somehow he got to his friend, he got, got him on his shoulder and staggered back to the trenches. But he himself was shot and lay critically wounded whilst his friend lay dead. The officer was angry. I told you not to go, he said. You disobeyed orders. Now I've lost both of you. It was not worth it. With his dying breath, the soldier said this, but it was worth it, sir. But it was worth it. Worth it? How could it be worth it? Your friend's dead and you're dying. The young soldier shrank back for a second, then looked up at the officer and said these words. It was worth it, sir. Because when I got to him, he said, Jim, I knew you'd come. I knew you'd come. I don't know about you. When I look Jesus in the face, I want him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. I don't want to let this world dictate the way I live my life. I want to live a life that honors God, that shows loyalty shows gratitude with purity, with integrity all those lost virtues of this world doesn't seem to, to seem very important these days I'll live my life with that sort of integrity, with that sort of good character build to your faith virtue so you'll not be ineffective or unproductive as your Christian walk I want to pray just to finish now just bow your heads Father I, I pray and I acknowledge this is a tough message and, and maybe even took some people unawares but, but Lord we have to acknowledge that disloyalty is a significant issue in, in our world today Father I, I pray you help us through your Holy Spirit to see that in us to see that in the mirror as we look in the mirror Lord to look at ourselves if there's anything that we are doing that, that is actually more like disloyalty than loyalty. Father, I want you to put your finger on it through your, your Holy Spirit to show us personally what that might look like. Father, I don't want to dismiss it or ignore it, God. And Father, I know your forgiveness is real. You know, your, your love, your acceptance, your forgiveness is there for each and every one of us. Father, I pray, you know, an appropriate response here might be to apologize to our spouses, to our families, for our disloyalty. An appropriate response may be to, to uh, go to our friends and say, I'm sorry for my disloyalty. It might be even to God or the church to say, you know, I haven't been living my life with loyalty. You know, and, and Lord, I would pray this morning, as I already have for relationships, God, in the process of this, God, that you will heal relationships, Father. Father, you will heal families, that you will... 
you will heal marriages, Lord, that are, that are doing it tough right now, Lord. You know, and, and Father, I pray, Lord, that you will, um, I don't know, help us uh, understand that what we've done and where we've been. And, and, uh, and Lord, that, that fathers and, and sons and mothers and daughters and, and, and all the, the mix of that, husbands and wives, Lord, all families, God, will, will get a greater revelation of your love for us. And, and how that's meant to outwork in our lives. And Father, we don't want to be disloyal, God. We want to be loyal servants. Well done, good and faithful servants. That's our life. That's what we want for our lives, God. And sometimes we've still got to do a check of where we're at and are we really living our lives with the loyalty that you would want. And as I'm praying, continue to pray here this morning, I, I, I recognize that maybe there are people here that never really fully committed their lives to Jesus. And I want to give you an opportunity to do that this morning. Maybe, you know, you, you go, well, I've been coming to church a bit and I sort of don't quite get it. But you know what? God has shown you his faithfulness. He has shown you his loyalty with, by sending his son Jesus to this earth. He's paid the price on that cross for each and every one of us. It is done. It is finished. The perfect sacrifice. And on the third day, he rose again. God raised him from the dead. And anyone who calls on his name will be saved. And this morning, I want to give you that opportunity to say, yes, that's me, Grant. I want to do that. I, 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 I want to make that commitment. I want to make a difference in my life. I want to live my life with the loyalty that we've been talking about this morning. And it has to start somewhere. It's got to be a commitment somewhere. God, I need you in my life. I can't do it myself. I need you in my life. But if that's you this morning, I just want to give you a really quick opportunity to stick your hand in the air and I'll recognize it. If that's you, just stick your hand up. Anyone here this morning? Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Father, I pray for us as a church, Bay Life Church, God. I pray you start to build in that virtue, that good character, even greater in, our, in the way we outwork our lives. You know, as husbands, as wives, as families, you know, with our friends, in our church, God. Lord, with those that we don't even know right now, God, but we can just show them a level of loyalty, of integrity that they've never really seen in their life before, God. We can show them a different way to do life. We can model that. It's all because of you, Lord. Father, help us in these days to be more like you, be your living sacrifice. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, come on, let's give God a great big applause this morning. Thanks for listening to the message today brought to you by Baylife Church. We hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your Christian walk. Please tune in again for next week's message.